Welcome to This Here Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. The Jen Schulte team, leading you home. This Here Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places, and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. Don't know about you, but I love words. I so love the English language and all its words. There are so many times, let's be honest, that, that it's a bit of a pain in the ass, right? I mean, with all its exceptions to the rules and such, if you're lucky enough to somehow be able to remember them all, those various exceptions, then, well, it's not so bad. But otherwise, ugh. I'm the father of four children, and so I've gone through a number of years now helping one offspring or another through their prepping for a spelling test, or reading, or helping with an essay. I know the territory, and when words aren't, for everyone, so much fun. Now, to be more specific, I'm a fan of what I've called for many years $5 words. $5 words being an expression to describe words that are particularly delicious for one reason or another. Not really sure where I picked up that term, but I, but I like it. Of course, it's entirely a matter of perspective, of opinion. But just the same, here are a few words I would consider to be in that category. Plethora, mellifluous, apostolic, indignant, cornucopia, moot, equilibrium, proscenium, magnanimous. <laughs> just kind of fun to say. Yeah, $5 words. Now, I'm always happy to come across a new word, or a new name even, that somehow sits well. One that I kept coming across in the past year or so was kombucha. I remember thinking two things. I like that word, that name. And second, I don't think I have an idea what that exactly is, but it rings a bell. I think it's good for me. Kombucha. K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A. Now, more recently, I came across that name alongside another name that I was quite familiar with, that being Collingwood. Collingwood Kombucha. Kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? After a wee bit of digging, I was quickly reminded that a dear friend of mine back in Hamilton, Connie, had been growing this drink. Yeah, I, I said growing. Yeah, a drink. In her kitchen a handful of years ago. And it offered to get to me sort of an, an offspring of the growth she had. Something called a SCOBY. I don't know. It, yeah, it stuck with me. It was definitely all coming back to me now. Anyway, then I noticed who was behind the Collingwood kombucha, and I thought, double wow. And then, will you know what I did next. This here, this here, this here, wow. So, truthfully, prior to my conversation with Christy Deer, creator, founder, and brew mistress of Collingwood kombucha, there were only a few things that I knew that kombucha is somehow really good for you, and that there's something about the whole process that's kind of funky and scientific, and that this beverage that she'd recently started producing looked strangely appealing, maybe even sexy, and was popping up all over South Georgian Bay. So I followed my gut, reached out, and asked the obvious question. So I need you to start from the beginning and sort of explain okay. to me what kombucha is. So at its basic, kombucha is fermented tea. Right. Okay. And so, and tea 
comes from a particular plant and uh, the tea plant um, is specific. And so if you're making kombucha, then you're using a tea plant, which is the Camellia sinensis, which is the Latin word for tea leaf. So for me, kombucha is fermented tea, period. You use cane sugar, you use tea, and you use um, a mother or a SCOBY, a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast is what SCOBY stands for, symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. And so just like our communities and just like our planet and just like nature, these bacteria and yeast figure out how to be together and uh, function and produce the next level of tea. So all of the amazing nutritional benefits of tea exist in kombucha and are enhanced because fermentation actually enhances most foods and, and beverages. It's an enhancement. So when you take cabbage and you, and you ferment it and you get sauerkraut, it's an enhancement of nutritional value uh, in your cabbage because now you've created lactobacillus and you've created all these different bacteria that are good for your gut health. And so gut health, of course, is the big buzz right now. Like how do I, how do I increase my gut health so that my overall health is, is okay. So for me, kombucha is a really easy entry point. I call it the gateway to the wild. So it's a really easy thing. You drink four ounces a day of this fermented tea and you try to get it from somebody who's actually doing it in small batches and doing it wild and doing it um, in a way that actually is, is, is capturing that symbiotic culture and isn't actually diluting or using the concentrate, right? So four ounces a day, you start to introduce to your body different bacteria and yeasts um, and acids. So another thing that kombucha has is this acidic nature. Um, so titratable acids, and there are many very healthy acids for our gut health um, and for our overall health. And they all exist in this bottle. Okay, so a couple of things come to mind. A, one of the things that comes to mind is that bacteria, when you start to talk about <laughs> that, always gets a, it gets kind of a bum rap, doesn't it? Bacteria yeah. is almost looked at as a dirty word in a way. Mm -hmm, and, the other, and the other thing that comes to mind, and we'll, we can talk about both of these, is that when you, when you talk about things like sauerkraut mm -hmm. i'm thinking okay these things have been around for ages and i my my family background is european on my mom's side polish czech german so i grew up with that in my midst but on the other hand it's not something that i don't think everybody on my street is eating on a day-to-day -day basis absolutely and if they are they're pro they could be getting it pickled or they could you know they're getting it from bix you know or whatever it's on a shelf so if you're buying anything that's fermented and it's on a shelf, it's not going to be alive. And if you are trying to get the benefits of fermented foods and you don't want to pick something up unless it's alive, there's no point. So our bodies are actually on the inside and outside made up of bacteria, yeasts, and fungus, period. Like over 90%, some people say even 95 to 98% of our body is actually bacteria, yeast, and fungus. So we are covered in this stuff all the time. We have it internal all the time. It is part of our our function. Um, you know, some doctors are saying it's, it, we have more of that than we have in our, have DNA. 
So why are we afraid of it? Well, because there are certain bacteria that are dangerous and that there are certain bacteria that can grow and overtake your body. You know, for example, candida. Candida is a bacteria that everybody freaks out about. And they're like, I have too much candida and I have to like go on a candida cleanse. And um, kombucha has candida in it, but in your body needs candida. But when you get an overgrowth of anything, it's problematic. So when you take in fermented foods and, and the recommendation that I always give to people, and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a naturopath and I'm not a scientist, but I believe in nature healing. And I believe that our food and what we take into our bodies needs to be reflective of what the outside world is, what our nature is around us. So if you want to populate your body with a variety of different bacteria, right? So you want to have a diversity of bacteria, funguses, and yeasts right? You don't want to, sorry, candida is a yeast, but so you don't want to have overgrowths of these things. So introduce different fermented foods. I like to have five different fermented foods in my fridge. I ferment them all myself. I think it's easy. Some people get really scared because if you're growing bacteria, they think there's a risk, right? Um, And there is, there is always a risk that you end up with something that you didn't plan for. Um, But if you're using sterile methods and you understand what's going on, then it's not usually a big deal. So we want to populate our guts. We want to populate our bodies with a diverse range of bacteria, yeast, and fungus. And to do that, you you need to go outside. You need to have dogs. You need to eat fermented foods. You need to eat organic foods um, and vegetables and, and fruits and all these things so that you're getting the yeast. Like every fruit, almost every fruit has a yeast on the outside of it, you know? And we eat that and we need that. Scrubbing it clean if it's organic is not necessary. You scrub fruit and vegetables because you're trying to get rid of pesticides. (laughs) You don't want to get rid of the yeast, right? So, uh, or the herbicides or pesticides or whatever they're putting into our food. Mm -hmm. So fermentation is really important to do at home, which is where I started this. I mean, I just started fermenting at home because it was interesting. And because you want to take your outside environment and bring it inside. So when you ferment at home, you pull in the wild yeasts and bacteria of your home and it goes into the food. And, you know, for some people, that's a really scary concept. They're like, I don't know what's going on around here. We got four dogs and three kids and the doors are open and, you know, there's a farm next door and, you know, they get really panicky, but our bodies are assimilating that stuff all the time, all the time. If you Mm -hmm. breathe, if you, if you have your skin exposed, you are, you are assimilating and taking that stuff in. Yeah. So. We used to, you know, we used to laugh at our, our youngest, uh, who's now 11. And I'll tell you, she ate her peck of dirt when she was little, she used to yeah. spoon in that sand from the sandbox and we'd kind of go, mm-hmm. ah, you know, but again, we were being number four, mm-hmm. you know, for us, we thought, okay, you know, it's just, it's part of their immune system and all those other things. And so we, well, uh, when you're young, yeah. yeah, you need exposure to all that stuff because you want your body to start to understand what they are. You know, you want to recognize what, what these things are and your body figure out a way to handle them. And some bodies don't figure out how to handle them and then they get sick. Right. And so then those things make you sick, but in general, and you know, the one thing that I didn't mention that we all have in our bodies and on our skins are viruses. And you know, that's a hot topic right now, obviously. Indeed. Right. And so But if your immune system isn't strong enough to be able to handle a foreign invader or a foreign, a foreign uh, microorganism, then yeah, you're going to feel sick. You're going to get sick. Your body is going to defend itself or it's going to get broken down by that thing. So keeping your body healthy with this stuff is really important. What we put in our bodies is really important. 
And so you call, you refer to kombucha as like a great entry level way for us to do that. If you're not into fermented foods, like if you think, oh, sauerkraut, ugh, kimchi, ugh, fermented pickles, you know, like <laughs> give me a good old fashioned pickled pickle. You know, I don't want fermented anything. Um, then kombucha can be a good way. We, you, most people drink fermented something, wine, beer, those are all fermented things. So, um, so beverages tend to just be an easy way. You have to drink every day. You have to drink a lot every day. So kombucha can be one of those things that you drink. Well, and you're really, saying four ounces, two, four ounces is four, really not a lot. It's nothing. not a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to, to a little bit of water, you can drink more of it, but you know, four to eight ounces is really all you need. You don't, if you're doing it for health, you know, the thing is with kombucha as a category, which is tricky is that it's become a soft drink. And so a lot of people are using it to, to replace pops, juice, beer, you know, and so they want to have a big glass of it, or they want to have, you know, they want to chug it by the pool all day long. And I, that's not something I recommend. If you're, if you're getting one of these from concentrates, and hopefully one day you'll know you're getting a from concentrate because it'll be labeled such, which is what we're working on right now, um, then go for it, you know, go for it. You can, you can drink lots, but if you're drinking mine and it's coming straight from a barrel and it's wild fermented and it's potent, you don't need that much it could actually be detrimental. You can actually flip your whole microbiome over to the bacteria and yeast that my kombucha has if you're drinking it all the time and you're not getting anything else. Lots of people take probiotics, right? And so those are multiple strains of bacteria and those are really good. They also help populate your body. I would never suggest to people to replace that, you know, but you can add this to it. So I'm just loving the fact that my conversation with Christy Deer wasted no time in getting right down to the nitty-gritty details of it all. Fungus, bacteria, yeast, things that much of the populace will go to great lengths to avoid, quite frankly. Love it. So now we all know, if we didn't already, and I'm guessing some of you already did know, exactly what kombucha is and why it's so darn good for you and for your gut. But what about Christy's Collingwood kombucha? We're going to continue that conversation in just a couple of shakes, but before we do that, I want to take a moment to talk about Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Perhaps you're on the lookout for a piece of property, a new residence, a new vista to look out and enjoy from your window, or perhaps you're needing to find something a bit bigger for your growing family. Perhaps it's time to downsize. Whatever the case, it seems to me that the person for you to reach out to is Jen Schulte. For 22 years now, Jen's been busy creating the rather impressive top-producing Jen Schulte team right here in SGB. She's another one with a seemingly endless supply of enthusiasm, experience, and unwavering energy. And her team certainly is a reflection of all that as well. Jen plays a big part in bringing this here wow to you each week something she does because of her love of the South Georgian Bay community, as well as its various wows, of which there are many. Both Jen and I know that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so many ways. SGB, the place to be. You got it. So if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, or if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart and buy smarter. Guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or you can go to jenschulteteam.com. It's here. Wow. Now, before we go on, I want to mention that I met Christy many moons ago whilst I taught drama at a local school. 
One year, I was asked to be part of the high school's canoe trip through Algonquin, a, a portage kind of thing. Christy was the person pulling this all together. I recall her having a lot of outdoor passion and skill. Another thing I know Christy to be is a corporate learning and development facilitator. So I, of course, wanted to know how she got into this bit of entrepreneurship and what might set her and her Collingwood kombucha apart from the others. Yeah, so, I mean, I got started because I was volunteering at um, Colifor Gardens, uh, which was an organic farm, and... Um, and we went in for lunch and Mike said, you know, can you help me make my kombucha? And I was like, wow, you're making kombucha. That's awesome. So I went and I was stirring up the sugar inside the tea and looking at the SCOBY, which is this like mat that grows on the top. And it's a, it's a basically the byproduct of the bacteria and yeast as they consume the sugar and the alcohol, they actually create a byproduct and it sits on the top and it, and it has cellulose and it makes this thick mat. Right. And um, let's be honest, most people, if they saw anything like gross. that in the refrigerator, totally. they'd throw the whole, they wouldn't yeah. even keep the container. They'd totally. throw it all in the garbage, right? Totally. And you've, you may have seen it if you've had vinegar in your, in your cupboard, like good vinegar in your cupboard for a long time, it grows a mother, right? So um, that's what that is. It's a mother. So Mike said, you know, like, let's make this kombucha. And I was so fascinated by this fermentation process that I was like, can I take one? And every time you make kombucha, you get another one. It just makes another, it makes a daughter, makes a, you know, it, however you want to call that. So, um, so I took one home and that was eight years ago, nine years ago. And I just started making it at home. And um, at one point in my life, I decided to be nomadic and, and I needed, I was leaving everything and putting everything in storage and I was just traveling around and I needed to keep my mothers, my babies somewhere, you know? And so I went to farm to table market in Collingwood and Daryl, who was the manager at the time said, sure, you can totally store them here and then come into the kitchen whenever you want and, you know, do your bottling and do your boiling and do whatever. So in that time, when I would go visit my kombucha mothers, um, people that were shopping would ask what I was doing and they would want to know what that mat was. And they would want to know what that ugly slimy thing is. And, and they want to learn about kombucha because they'd heard about it. So I started giving people samples. And then before I knew it, I was putting it in bottles and selling it. And then we we're at farmer's markets. And now I'm producing and manufacturing kombucha, um, you know, at a small, what they would call nano brewery level. And um, in the meantime, I, I got a mentor who started, he was actually one of the founders of Muskoka Brewery, um, Gary McMullen, who was a fantastic mentor in the beginning. He taught me so much about brewery production and fermentation and craft, um, keeping my mind on being craft. And he was the one who suggested to me that I needed to go into oak barrels. And um, and that was just so exciting to me because I love wood. My partner at the time was a sawyer and a carpenter. So, you know, he was teaching me about wood and I thought what an incredible vessel to start to learn. So, um, you know, through the power of relationships and the only thing I've ever done really well in my whole life is relationships. I was introduced to the winemaker at Adamo, which is in Hockley Valley. Shauna White and Shauna um, said, Hey, I've got barrels, you know, whenever the wine is finished and we're done with our, our, uh, our batches, we've got empty barrels. So I got my first barrel from Shauna and I filled it with kombucha and it was fantastic. <laughs> and so the rest did it, is history. Did it change the profile it of it? 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, wood breathes, it has like, so kombucha is a, is an aerobic, um, fermentation. So it needs air. So of course, wood is permeable. It, it has aeration that comes in through the staves, uh, which is the side of the barrels. Um, and then we take the, the heads out so that it's an open barrel. And it did, it changed the profile. So now, now we get into the exciting realm of like, what are the bacteria and yeast that exist within the wood? grains mm. right and so within th probably within three or four batches that completely changes over to kombucha um, but the first two or three batches was so exciting because now you're dealing with all that grape um, and wine yeast and bacteria so so it's been super fun and and so I still get my barrels from Shauna um, we still collaborate on a lot of things she teaches me a lot she does wild ferment wine so she's totally knowledgeable about the wild fermentation space and teaches me a lot about that and um, yeah, so and, and dealing with wood is really interesting because there's a whole bunch of other factors that you, you have to deal with. If you're dealing in a stainless steel container, you spray it with some kind of caustic or some kind of antibacterial, you know, cleaner and you're done. You start over, you know, with, with wood, it's not like that. You got to care for it completely different. And, and you know, um, we, we, I don't have to tell you, we live in a world where uh, so many things that we are offered to purchase are made to be identical all the time. They are made to try and be the same. <laughs> and I have, I am, a, I am a beer and a wine drinker. Um, and I love the whole craft, small nano brewery. I will try anything and the smaller, the better, because <laughs> I want things to be different. I don't want them to be the same all the time. And so it sounds like what you're doing it it can have a lot of variables it has a ton of variables and that's the one thing i'm not communicating very well in 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 my in my business or in my marketing or whatever is that every batch is unique every single time there's a batch in a barrel even if it's the same barrel i name all my barrels after people i love so when we're in the when we're in the kombucha reads like diane's ready you know brian's ready oh man i can't believe shauna she is awesome today you know it's, it's so fun to be to be just presencing my the people I love in my life every single day and and that you know I believe that goes into the product I believe well there's lots of studies there's a Japanese um uh, scientist once upon a time who did this messages from water and he believed that if you put proper if you put good intentions into into water it changed its molecular structure so we put we put words on everything. So we have love, compassion, joy written, like taped on everything. We call everything by its name. Um, and yeah, every single batch that goes into a barrel comes out different. And so basically I'm practicing what's called the Solero method. And in winemaking, that is, we'll take 80% from this barrel and 20% from this barrel, and then we'll have a batch. So, um, I'll go in and I'll say, okay, Brian's kind of tart right now, but Diane is perfect. So let's take 75% Diane and 25% Brian, and we'll make the kombucha. And, and with that, with that taste right now, that's a lime hibiscus, or that's a blueberry dream, or that's a whatever. Oh, let's not put, let's not put um, purple haze in that one, you know? So it's all based on my taste, which is craft that's what craft is yeah. you know that a winemaker who you know they're, they're tasting their wine throughout the entire process for years they're tasting 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 and and when their palate reaches that place where they say it's done you move on to the next step so that's how we make our kombucha 
can I talk yeah. ask a little bit more about the flavors a little bit? Sure. Because sure. You're, you're for blueberry, you're using real blueberries. Absolutely. And this is another thing I'm learning. There are extracts and there are all these things that I had no idea existed. So if you eat something and it tastes like blueberries, like really potent blueberry, mm -hmm. it's not a real blueberry. <laughs> it just isn't. That's, that's, the, that's the red flag, is it? it if it is, tastes if it too tastes much like a blueberry. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, it just doesn't exist in nature like that. It It's an extracted process that they actually use science to pull out the flavors. So flavors are different acids. And I don't know, it's very complex flavors, but they pull out so citric acids and all these things right they have a particular flavor and so whatever the compounds are in a blueberry that give it its flavor they create that in a laboratory and then it goes into these things called extracts or i don't even know what they're all called because i'm not interested in them i use organic blueberries i take an immersion blender and i kind of crush them up a little bit and i toss them into the fermenter with actual dried rose and dried lavender and it sits in there for four or five days and we stir it around. And when you seal that fermenter down and you don't have it open anymore to the air, it's still consuming whatever sugars are left, especially from the blueberries. And when that sugar gets consumed and it's locked in, the gas, which is CO2, is captured and that stays in the kombucha. So that's what gives it mouthfeel or bubbles, right? So natural carbonation versus forced carbonation. This is a big topic. Your beers are forced carbonated pretty much across the board, even in craft. They put it into a fermenter and they push CO2 into it and it gives it that mouthfeel. Certain types of beers don't do that. Um, but most beer, beer makers are putting CO2 into because it. Because that's, I'm assuming that's what the market expects. Because the market wants a fizzy, a fizzy drink, right? So kombucha brewers are doing the exact same thing. If you order a open a bottle of kombucha and it sprays out all over the place, you are either dealing with an overly forced carbonated kombucha or somebody who has bottled the kombucha with too much sugar left in it and it's just fermenting in the bottle, creating CO2, which causes it to explode. So I, I decided I don't want extra CO2. There's all kinds of studies right now around the problems in our bodies with CO2. So we get too much. We're obsessed with fizzy drinks. So I decided to stay in the natural zone. So our kombucha is also unique in that way. Every batch is different. You might have something that's really fizzy. You might have something that's not so fizzy. Our chaga chai. Chaga is a fungus that grows on birch trees. It is, it is wild. It is medicinal. There are all kinds of research going on right now in, um, in cancer research around chaga. It is not being sustainably harvested. So there is some challenges with that. Um, but I use chaga that was harvested from Northern Ontario, 600 miles North of Thunder Bay. My partner is a hunter. He forages for it while he's out there. He is a sawyer. He loves trees. He grows trees and takes care of trees. And he understands how to be with trees. And he harvests these beautiful chaga. And I extract it, put it into the barrels with tea and sugar and ferment it. And nobody is doing that. A hundred percent, nobody is fermenting the chaga. For me, that started to get into a new space of actually fermenting wild mushrooms. 
right? Which was just super exciting. So there's reishis and turkey tails and lion's mane and all these incredible mushrooms that grow and we can ferment them and do the exact same thing that we're talking about with cabbage and all these other things is bring out their medicine, bring out their nutrition. So chaga chai is like, I would say our pinnacle kombucha. It's not our top seller, unfortunately, and or fortunately, um, because we're getting in, we're crossing into this realm of fermenting plants in a different way, which is super exciting. Do you have long-term plans for yeah. the company? Yeah. So that's, that's the next phase. Uh, we're just doing a, a addition on the brewery right now. So we're just putting on another um, thousand square feet to help us with some of our growth. And the plan is for me to stay at this craft level and move horizontally. So instead of becoming a kombucha tycoon and, and having just like this massive amount of kombucha flowing, I wanna take it to a particular level and then start to build other fermentations. So developing sauerkraut, coconut kefir is something that I, I do on a, on a small scale for friends and family, which is how I started with kombucha. Um, coconut kefir, kimchi, I make a wild leek kimchi, that's fantastic. My goal is to have a farm look at being able to grow a lot of these ingredients ourselves, um, put the kombucha onto the property, potentially look at how we can create an eco-village of some sort where the people who work for me are able to live and have uh, land maybe even, I don't know, we're still flushing out all the details. I'm working with a couple of, of ministry uh, people and the economic development officers in uh, Gray County um, at what this looks like. But, you know, my goal is that this is an experience. People need to come. They need to learn. Everyone should be fermenting themselves. I'll teach you how to do it. It's not hard. I can get you started with a mother. You know, we sell to people or give them away if you don't have the money, um, mothers, to get your own kombucha started. For me, it's about the health. It's about taking control of your health. It's about being able to manage and bring more wild into your life. So if I can create a place where people come, people live and work, people contribute to the economy, we grow the circular thing. Like for example, our waste, it's organic, incredible waste. Every mother, every blueberry, all the lavender and rose, all of that stuff is perfect for compost. It's perfect. You can do other things with the scoby. You can make dog treats. You can blend them up and put them into something other form. You know, like there's so much we can do. And that's what I'm interested in growing. And there you have it. Seems to me that Christy Deer is bottling a whole lot more than just kombucha. She's got a bunch of integrity and philosophy in there as well. If anyone can figure out how to make all that farming and fermentation happen, I'm confident she can. The whole thing gets a wow from me. If you'd like more information on Collingwood Kombucha, including where you can pick it up throughout SGB, and there are many locations... Well, there are a couple of places you can go to. First off, try the website, collingwoodkombucha.com, or check out the Collingwood Kombucha Facebook page. I'll post all that information on the This Here Wow Facebook page. I, for one, cannot wait to try the Chaga Chai Kombucha and the Purple Haze. And that brings me to the point in the program where I express sincere gratitude to my wonderful guest, Christy Deer. Thanks a ton for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I really love the time we spent chatting. Love even more the incredible contribution that you've made and continue to make to the SGB culture. 
We're all pretty lucky, you and I, to be able to be here in this rather exceptional landscape called South Georgian Bay. You know it. And of course, I'll have an entirely different wow or two to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them here in SGB. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. Dean at thisherewow.com. That's all you got to do. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's dean, H-O-L-L-I-N.com. And I would love to hear from you. You know what else I'd love? If you haven't done it already, please hit subscribe so you get this podcast each and every week. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Go to jenschulteteam.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Steve Ritchie, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely each and every week. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash. Love to G. And a really big thanks to you, too. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. Until then, I'm Dean Holland. This here, this here, this here, wow.